journal podcast. Yep. Complete with drain construction on the other side of the wall. Hey, you know, it wouldn't be a construction podcast if there wasn't construction happening while we were recording. The next time I build a podcast studio, I'm going to do it away from things. That would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. The other one, you could have it like fully suspended so it's not close to anything, not next to anything. I'm just going to put it underground. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to our studio, uh, you're going to have to have certain clearance to get down there. Do you but... think there's probably recording studios underground for that reason? Are there? Or do they just build them like bunkers? In basements, maybe? Certainly in basements. Yeah. Um. What's funny is like I, f- I feel like there was definitely a phase where it was like having this the studio where there's no light, no windows, you know, it's all about like the neon lights. I feel like that was like a vibe for a while. Yeah. Or even before that was just like a very dark space. And now I feel like a lot of studios I see, it's like as much natural light as possible. Mm. You know, like the microphones are better, you know, you can design the room so it's, you know, more acoustically usable. Um, and so I feel like that's probably more enjoyable is natural light. Sure. But well, we're not doing very well for natural light in this studio. Not a window in this one, which is okay. It It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, we, we have talked about, you know, whenever it makes sense to have uh, another studio in another space, have a like window people could watch, mm-hmm. things like that. That'd be cool. And depending on how long we keep this space, mm-hmm. I, I thought actually about modifying this room. It, you could potentially modify this room to put a window right there and to use the store multi-purpose for people to sit out there as well. Yeah. So while it's not, the podcast is going on. I like that. You know, it's certainly some real estate that does not get a ton of use at the moment. At the moment. But any day now, the store is about to fire back up, baby. So any day now. I hear I hear that a lot. I've I've been saying that for four years. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've asked uh, a handful of times, um, just like regarding you know, getting uh, like some swag out to potential guests and past guests and things like that. Like, we're when's the store ready so we can start getting a lot of that stuff together? Um, it's like it's coming, it's coming. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, but it's not up to me, and it's uh, sometimes not even up to us. So no, no. But the store will come back. I'm gonna. F- I feel good about it, and you know, just when it does. We'll all know about it. There was a discussion the other day about, yeah, green light. So it should start to happen here pretty soon. I mean, it's not going to be like crazy right off the bat. We're opening up a mall. Dude, but I I see these 14-year-olds on social media making more successful stores than I can make. Like, what the hell? How hard can it be? Well, uh, when Jimmy Starbucks was on, he was talking about he makes a certain amount of money every month selling Starbucks shirts. Yeah, I have a Starbucks shirt. It's a good shirt. But he's running a construction company. It's funny. Every time I wear that shirt, people think I work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. It's like, isn't there, isn't there supposed to be an S on yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, can you read? Like, how does this How does this say coffee shop? It doesn't have an S, damn it. Yes. Oh, it's a reference to a single coffee. And like, says, I'm going to go get a Starbucks. And it says excavation underneath <laughs> it. And it doesn't have the green lady. Okay? So, it's way off. It's just, now, is, is Starbucks his real last name. Like yeah. I assume, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. It was like I saw a a something about how this one 
chain tried to compete with the quarter pounder, so they made the one third pounder. Mm -hmm. But the quarter pounder still beat it out because people thought quarter pounder is bigger than the one third pounder. That's <laughs> terrible. And maybe that's just a fallacy. Maybe that's one of those like made up things. But I don't know. It's kind of believable. As a 33-year-old, I still am not sure the sizing at a Starbucks. Yes. Because, they, you know, they, they're very selective about what they print on their menu at a Starbucks. Yeah. They're not putting all three sizes with all three prices for every single thing they have. It's just like a little bit over here on this graphic, a little bit more over here. And I just, when they say what size, I'm like, I, I don't remember which one's what. Like a medium? I don't know. Yeah. No, like, well, no, you mean a, a venti or... Well, and then I would get the small. Grande? Grande. I would get the small, a tall. And they'd be like, you sure you don't want to go bigger? Every time I would get it. It's, so I guess no one orders the small. Like, uh, that's crazy. Every single time they'd be like, are you sure about that? It's coffee for I'm kids. Like, uh, yeah, that's what I said. So I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure about it. I, I will say, barista. I feel like when I see you with a coffee, Chad. you typically have the short, the small. Uh, 12 ounce is my go-to. Okay. I've learned how many ounces of coffee beverage I like to drink and it's typically 12. Well, especially, you know, if you're having a 16 ouncer, but really 12 ounces gets you where you need to be. Mm -hmm. uh, either you send, send you to the bathroom prematurely or sure. um, you're going to be grinding your jaw for the rest of the day. But Well, I don't drink just straight coffee. It's always espresso. It's always latte. Yeah. So it's 12 ounces, but most of that's <laughs> oat milk. A milk, yeah. Which is water mixed with, I don't know what. I don't know. Probably how oats oat in some way. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend that I understand nut milks. I actually just made my oatmeal this morning with oat milk. It's like feeding a chicken an egg. Yeah, how meta is that? <laughs> That's too much, man. It just it reacts. It like goes back to a, like a base mineral or something <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, I guess these can't go together. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's delicious. Do you season your oatmeal? Uh, put honey and some nuts in there. There you go. Mm-hmm. You put fruit in there because you know you're a fruit guy. I don't like fruit and oatmeal. No. Uh, so it was funny. I was watching a video on Instagram the other day by Tim Grover. He's like yeah. success coach. He was Michael Jordan's trainer. So the guy knows and Kobe's he's, trainer. Yeah, he's seen some excellence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he did Michael Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. He, yeah, yeah. He's done okay for himself. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a video of like, so what do you suggest people eat for, for breakfast? And he's like, oatmeal. If you don't like the taste and, and just like just plain oatmeal, like no bullshit in it, just oatmeal. If you don't like the taste of plain oatmeal, you don't like the taste of success. <laughs> and he was being serious. <laughs> like dead serious. And I'm like, fuck, like, I need to start I eating some more oatmeal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tim Grover said, I don't need, I don't, I can't put anything in my oatmeal. Have, uh, are you a steel cut oats guy? Yeah, yeah. Just a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I like making it on the stove, mm -hmm. you know, warming up. I love making it with oat milk. It makes it nice and creamy. It's just, oh, it's so good. But yeah, I've been eating a lot more oatmeal because Tim Grover made me feel bad about it. When I was a kid, I loved oatmeal except I called it porridge because it's big uh, mm. Goldilocks and the Three Bears fan. Oh, yeah, sure. I was, I, was, I, was, I was a big Goldilocks stan as a kid, and so I, I wanted that porridge, you know. I ate so much oatmeal as a kid, but it was like the ones with like the dinosaur eggs in it. Oh you know, yeah, like it's basically candy. It. Yeah, it's yeah. basically candy, and the little dinosaur egg turns into different colors or mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's straight poison. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't eat that nowadays, but at the time, as a kid, man, off. I will say the maple brown sugar still slaps. Right. Yes. Every once in a while, every once in a while, my children will request oatmeal. It's like, all right, let's do it. I was an apple cinnamon kind of guy. Yeah, everybody's got their flavor. That's yeah. okay. Harrison, yeah. did you have a preferred oatmeal flavor? 
not a big oatmeal stand, but I would, uh, say, well, I would say probably like a maple. Uh, it's solid. I guess Harrison's never going to be successful. Yeah, like I guess you don't like <laughs> the taste of success. <laughs> That's, that's what we know here here at Buildwit. Oh, yeah. So if you don't like eating oatmeal, it's now company policy to have a bowl of oatmeal at least once a week. Yeah, the Friday call uh, that we're about to have in real life here, you will have definitely heard by the time you listen to this, is mostly Aaron trying to sell you on the importance of eating oatmeal. Mm-hmm. That's the whole part. It's the whole hour. <laughs> the whole point of the company call is to roll out the new company policy. He mentioned he has been prepping for it for um, about 10 days. And so, well, I guess, wait, you said 10 days or 10 hours? 10 hours. Spent 10 hours making a, uh, a slide deck about the importance of oatmeal. Yeah. I want it to be a compelling argument. So when I get to the <laughs> last slide, everybody's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't I even can, like oatmeal. But I can't cool. say no to this. But I want to be successful. That's Are you a, kidding me? That's the, that's the recipe to success here at BuildWit. Only helpful tips on the BuildWit internal podcast. BuildWit internal podcast, everybody. Uh-huh. We're here. Yeah. We're doing it. Uh, if you hear any construction going on in the background, it's because there is construction going on in the background. Yes. there. So we built our office in an old building, which was really cool. Everybody loves the old building. They yeah. walk in, they're like, wow, this is a, such an old building. Maybe this like a amazing. 99% awesome thing. Yes. But there are some drawbacks to building within an old building. And that uh, the, the biggest is that stuff doesn't work a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So... When stuff doesn't work, you need to fix it. And next door, the restaurant, they're getting something fixed today. Getting a new drain. I think we're okay, but if you hear it, just a heads up. That's what's going on. Yes. Uh, so this is our third podcast we've recorded in the last 24 hours, you and I. Well, I, And I told the workers, hey, we have a very important podcast going on next door. This is our third podcast of the week. This is going out to our entire company, to everybody at the business. We needed to be professional and very informational. And they said... Good. And they're like, what are you guys going to talk about? And then they started the hammer up again. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what's a podcast? See ya. Yeah. Anywho, um, we can just go to questions, man. I'll say I reached out yesterday to the team and I said, hey, everybody, got any questions for the internal podcast? Mm -hmm. Send them my way. Guess what? Multiple people sent me questions. Did you get some good questions? I won't say how many questions I got. But I got multiple people's worth of questions. I will say before we get into the questions that um, people are listening to this after the call, kind of setting the, you know, hey, here's what's going to be going on for the next year. Here's where we're going. Plus, here's kind of the overall strategy and direction. So if you have questions about that, uh, ask your leaders, you know, whoever you report to or whatever it is, the executive team, everybody is pretty well informed at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you you feel like something should be asked uh, as as a company, ask it as a company, because we need to be really dialed in on understanding of where everybody needs to go yeah. and where we need to go as a company. So if there's any gray area, if there's something you've been wondering, if you had a you asked a question and it ended up in a great conversation, ask it again for the podcast because I would love to discuss that so that everybody is 100% good to go into the future. You know, that goes along a good bit with something you and I talked about yesterday on the Dirt Talk Monday edition podcast we recorded about the importance of context for a team. Hmm. And uh, used the metaphor just like everybody needs to know and see the scoreboard. And so I think that's going to be super valuable. Obviously, the call, just getting a lot of that information. Sure. But also coming out of that, you know, there's going to be a lot of different kinds of questions. People are probably going to get to certain um 
understandings of that information at different paces. And so I think what's going to be really, really valuable is, you know, there are going to be questions that pop up, like you're saying, on one team that would also really, really uh, apply to another team. Yeah. But they might not get to this, get to that question at the same time. So if we can bring those things like to this space here, I think that gets us all on the same page faster. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I, there will be questions following it. Of course. The, the call is here's the information. And then we made this mistake. Dan and I made this mistake a few weeks ago with the leadership team. We rolled out some information and then we were like, okay, now let's discuss. And it, it's hard. And we had been digesting everything for a few days mm-hmm. to get, all right, yeah, okay, I kind of see where we need to go. Here we go. Let's talk about it. But everybody else had just received the information, so they had no time to process it. And Kara was like, hey, maybe maybe we split this apart. Maybe we <laughs> talk about the information, and then maybe we discuss it at a later time so that we can process. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. So it's it's about, you know, here's the information, and then from a processing standpoint, let's leverage the podcast your questions to the team as that digesting, understanding yeah. uh, part of the process. And I'm sure you'll say something about it tomorrow, but I'm, I definitely would in, encourage you to level set that at the beginning of there is no expectation at the end of this to ask a bunch of questions. We're not going to all, we're not expected to process this the minute this is over. Yeah. Cause I know for me, if there's like, you know, definitely new information that affects either like the people in this room directly or just like our team as a whole. I don't want to be, I feel like it would be easy for me if I know there's a Q and a at the end to already start trying to process and mm. then miss the next bits of information. Mm, that's a good point. And so I, I think um, it would, it'll be really, really valuable that that is going to be really clear that like nobody's expected to have an opinion mm. or have a fully formed thought by the end of this announcement or presentation sure. and more like to here's all the information so we can get on the same page, work on your questions in the coming week, week, two weeks, whatever it is. Um, so I think that because we have this internal podcast, I think it's pretty, pretty good for us to be able to take that time and then come to you thoughtfully as well as like come to the other leaders in the company. Everybody's a leader, but people yes. in leadership positions. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I will say if you don't understand what we're talking about tomorrow or since this, this is was, so weird. I know what we talked about at that meeting, mm-hmm. you're going to be behind. So it is in your best interest to understand everything we discussed. And if you don't understand, it's your responsibility to ask. Yeah. So I did my best to explain it from my perspective, but it's not perfect. So if you don't understand something, ask about it because you are going to be lost if you don't understand this. It's huge. Yeah. Huge. And I, I think something that, um, it's probably a good disclaimer for every uh, one of these kinds of announcements, these kinds of presentations that are coming from you is you do put a lot of effort in trying to think like how this affects other people in the team, not just like this is from my perspective and this is what this looks like and feels like. But I would still uh, encourage like our team to get, like think Aaron's still not going to nail that approach. Like obviously you put effort into that. But there's still going to be things that people bring up. You're like, I hadn't thought about it that way or from that perspective, even though like you're putting a lot of effort into trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's my best effort, but that doesn't mean it's totally right. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm excited just for the, the new conversations that's going to um, stir up in us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the only good thing. Cool. Cool. Uh, we can do a couple questions. First question is from Pat. 
Good guy, Pat. What was a time you were truly scared for your life while out in the field? Or do you have an experience where it was like, this is definitely dangerous? No. Nothing? No. Um, if you do it right, it's it's really, safety is really important. It's dangerous. But I do feel like the whole hazard thing is a little, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say this publicly, but it's a little overplayed. The industry is pretty safe sure. and I, I, it can it can go in the wrong direction pretty quickly and you can't let your guard down. But there's a lot of other things I do in my life, like driving, for example, that are way more dangerous, statistically speak, like mm -hmm. way more dangerous than being on a job site. I wonder if because construction looks like it so obviously could be very dangerous and like, you know, there have been accidents, people have been injured and, and unfortunately passed. But I wonder if because it looks so obviously dangerous to people who have no understanding of the process, if maybe that's why there's a little bit of that, like, safety is our number one priority all the time. Yeah. Well, and I, from my perspective, I'm always an outsider coming onto a site. So mm -hmm. I'm always high alert. More conscientious. Probably. Yeah. I can't be too comfortable because I've never really been there before and I don't know what's going on. So I got to be kind of on my yeah. A game every time I'm on a site. So from what we do, it's obviously we need to be super focused on safety, the well-being of ourselves and those around us. If one person at the company gets injured on a job site, that's enough for the whole party to be over. Yep. Um, and so it's, there's, zero tolerance there but then at the same time i i do i've done a lot more dangerous you know like quads in montana or just yeah. driving down the interstate that's just just statistically speaking that's more dangerous mm -hmm. far more dangerous far more lethal the one time that i was scared shitless was i almost lost two of my fingers yeah you've, yeah, yeah i think i've talked about that when i was putting a trench box together so it was i was trying to get the trench box positioned right shoving on it shoving on it i had my my fingers in one of the holes for the pins to try to, to get the pin just right mm -hmm. and i just i couldn't get it and they were just like back away back away because the excavator was about to hit it and the excavator hit it and the box just slid right down yeah. where my fingers were Ugh. like two seconds prior to that and i was just like holy shit i almost just lost two of my fingers like no way in hell what I've had right my two fingers because yeah. it was just this shearing of an enormous trench box on this one little area. And that that shook me pretty good that day. But otherwise, I've been fine. How much does a trench box weigh? A lot. Of yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Depends we, on how big it is. True. I feel like when I look at one, it would be easy to be like, yeah, I mean, it's not that heavy. But like all of the components made of pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. And even like when I rolled the skid steer, I was a little shook, but it wasn't like a extreme danger. Because if you're wearing your seatbelt in those machines, you're mm -hmm. you're gonna be okay most of the time. I mean, just about every time. So I have a sense of confidence in the engineering and design of these machines to keep me safe. So I always wear my seatbelt. But I, big picture, safety is extremely important. Of course, but if we're if we're feeling unsafe, that means we're not doing something right. Like that's you, we shouldn't be feeling unsafe. Yeah, if we're if we're, if we're following all the I don't want to say rules, but following like the policies and procedures that have been put in place, and it still feels that way, like other things are at play. That's not correct. 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. If we're if we're doing if we're doing our jobs from like a um intentional, like conscientious perspective, like that's those are the right steps. Yeah, there's there's so little little tolerance to us potentially getting injured for obvious reasons. Obviously, it's so important for everybody to go home every day. Yeah. And, and yeah, we get all that. For a business as a whole, it's like if I go get injured on a job site, everybody else could potentially be out of a job. That's that's a huge responsibility, way beyond just the well being of me as an individual. Yeah. But it, it and so it gets to a point where, yeah, if I if I even felt unsafe or like, man, that truck was way too close. I've done something wrong. Yeah. And that's okay. I need to reevaluate here because that that that's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Is from a business perspective, um, does that change how like the business's insurance is set up because we put people in yeah. semi harmful places sometimes? We have significant um liability. Yeah, that's what I thought. My my biggest fear though is honestly automotive accidents. Like on the way to the job. Travel. Yeah. Serious. I mean, it, it, I, I, I stress about that way more than I stress about people on job sites. And like the, the people that are on job sites regularly, they do a really nice job of being really safe. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't think we drive it home enough. I don't, we need to do more effective safety training for people new, but the people that have been around a while, I think they do a nice job training up the new people and making sure they're yeah. cared for. If someone comes out like, you know, Kayla went out to a site. The other, she doesn't go out to a site often, very often. So it's somebody like Eric who knows what he's doing. He's going to be watching out for her the whole time. So everybody's good to go. Even if she's naive to what really goes on a job site, there's somebody there that's like, hey, I know their knowledge isn't like mine. So I need to be a little bit more careful here. We're, I, I really do want to hire a full-time safety manager at some point. But again, what I'm most afraid of is automotive accidents. Yeah. We drive at night. We drive early in the morning. We dr- we work long hours. There's just so much potential for fatigue, and then you can do your best, but the, just the risk of driving in general is so significant mm-hmm. nowadays. And, and I mean, look at how many accidents you pass typically. Yeah. That that is something that I think we need to be a little bit more intentional and thoughtful about because well, I think that's our biggest safety risk. And in- Another thing that's different for us than it is a lot of other companies, you know, obviously there are people commute to work. Like that's one thing. But we have so many opportunities where people are driving in weird, non-typical situations, whether like you said, like it's really, really early or super, super late or in another state, you know, like all those things that are not typical to the way we're just driving to work every day. Like a lot, I would say a lot of companies are not that same way. And so I think that's just like another part. Like that makes sense to me why that's what you think about more mm-hmm. and worry about more, stress more, whatever. Yeah. I I think about that a lot, yeah. actually. I mean, I've even gotten to a point where it's like, well, I could drive, but I could just fly and eliminate the risk of driving. I'll just eliminate the risk of driving. It's It's gotten to that extreme, honestly, where I'll, I'll just evaluate it from a risk standpoint. It's like a 12-hour drive or a flight. The risk to me is so much more substantial driving, very, very, very minimal flying. So I'm going to fly. And from a time savings too, but I do oh, sure. I do evaluate flying and driving from a risk standpoint nowadays as well. An interesting point. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for digging into that, Pat. Thanks for asking. What I love about so many of these questions with internal and for Dirt Talk is that even if the point of the conversation we end up having isn't a direct answer 
I feel like it's typically because like the direct answer to the question is not as uh, compelling as what it kind of like sparks in between us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And apply everything I just said about safety with a big grain of salt because I was trying to answer a question, trying to think that through. It wasn't like, here's our stance on safety. That would be a lot more refined, but just know safety is, is way bigger than just you as an individual. It's way bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So yes, you as an individual, so critical, but there's a lot of people here depending on you. There's a lot of people in your life depending on you. The dirt world's depending on us as a business, so we can't fail. We can't jeopardize that in any way. And doing something stupid on a job site would be doing that. Yeah. So there's there's a lot at stake here, uh, and we have a big responsibility to to be really dialed in from a safety standpoint. So if there's ever a time where someone's not doing something they should or feeling unsafe on a site, that's a big red flag to stop, reevaluate, because it shouldn't even be getting that far. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Cool. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, last question from Clay on the services crew. It says, what values do you feel like we're doing well in and what ones do you think we need to grow in? I'm speaking specifically to the core values. Yeah, this is a, this is a complicated question. So where my mind goes first, I think we're really doing a really nice job with uh, lighten up. I think we're doing a really nice job with staying humble. I think we're doing a nice job there. And, and not making it about us. Mm-hmm. I, I know our partners have criticized us a little bit about how it's all about us now, but I don't necessarily agree with their, I understand their viewpoint, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, the two that, uh, that I think we really need to focus on, not that they're all very, very valuable, but the two I think we really need to focus on over the next six months especially, develop 3X people, make decisions. The next six months is going to be all about leveraging the resources we have available to us. We need to go maximize the resources we have available to us. What resources do we have? We have human capital. We need to go maximize the human capital we have available to Mm -hmm. us. To do that, we need to develop 3X people. We need everybody performing at a very high level. Even just one person not performing at that high, high level, the highest level they possibly can be, be performing at at that time, sets other people back. That's the organization back. Yeah. Yeah. We've grown, but we're not big enough that if one person isn't pulling their weight, it's not, it doesn't send ripples through the entirety of the organization. So we need to be really diligent about developing 3X people, asking ourselves, how can I perform more effectively? It's all going to be about getting together as a team and really, really highly performing over the next six months, especially really highly performing. Mm -hmm. And that's and and maybe you're performing as an individual, but is your team performing? Are the people below you performing? Or are the other teams performing as effectively as they could? How can I help the other teams perform perform more effectively? What information, what capabilities do I have that could potentially help them out? So there's a lot of different facets to developing 3X people. It's not just hiring people. There's not going to be as much hiring over the next six months. Yeah. Because okay, we did the hiring, we made the investment. Now we need to go take this investment and really make it into something before we can do that again. And I'm actually, I'm super glad it's headed in that that direction because if it was just, okay, let's just go hire more people. We're just going to slap a bunch of band-aids on all of our underlying problems, go on to that next phase of growth. And eventually it's going to catch up with us in an even bigger sense. Yeah, those problems get worse. So yeah, get over them. Instead of it catching up with us, let's make sure we're being really diligent with how we develop people and how we develop ourselves. 
So that's one part to make decisions. We really need to focus on giving people information and allowing them to make calls so that we can move more effectively and just be more efficient as an organization. And I think that's key because we've had a lot of people, um, a lot of people have become leaders over the past six months. A lot has changed and the organization, the, the org structures are still shaking themselves out. So I think we need to get it shaken out and then really start to ask ourselves as leaders and even as people being led, uh, how can I help others make decisions? And how can I give people the ability to make decisions? What information do they need from me to make the decisions themselves rather than coming to me to make those calls? So I think those are the two. Develop 3X people, make decisions. Not that we're doing a bad job at, but I think those are going to be, we're going to really need to focus there. Require an extra amount of um, purpose and intention on those. Mm -hmm. Especially develop 3X people. That's going to be the big one. That's the really big one. Mm -hmm. So it's... You know, from a traditional investment standpoint, how, the the amount of human capital we have makes people uneasy because it doesn't show up in a balance sheet. So technically, we don't have a lot to this company. We just have human beings, but human beings come and go. So I've had to make the argument, and people have believed in me so far, that this is the best investment we can make is in human beings. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. But ultimately, a business needs to make money. You make money by human beings creating, producing, and and solving problems. Yeah. So we've done a lot of the upfront of that, but now it's time to turn that into cash flow for our business to be more effective, to lower our burn, to eventually become profitable. And in doing so, then we have way more resources to go grow everybody, yeah. way more opportunity for everybody. Our internal stock price goes up, which will be part of the stock plan. We can raise salaries more aggressively. We can do other things that companies can't do because we're very profitable. We're very effective. Everybody's a 3X person. So it's, we've invested in all these great people and it's not that we're not working hard right now, but it's just, let's work efficiently, smart, get together as a team, bridge, you know, between other teams, figure out how we can all help each other. Look at this as one big picture and go out and create a really, really effective, efficient and profitable business because everybody wins. Everybody wins. I think you've been really clear about that point um, since day one. I think the minute we started considering software, considering anything outside of what's now become our services offering, you've been really, really clear and upfront that like, even though we're starting these other new processes, we're all working towards the same goal. And if one of these other like teams that's not your team is winning big, we're all winning big. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think that... Uh, Anytime we're able to kind of tie the whole crew together in a real way, um, I think we really benefit from that. Um, and so, like, you know, the big, uh, like, fundraising Series A call we'll have had um, that we obviously not have had yet. I think those kinds of conversations are only going to continue to benefit us just because, like, it's a reminder that we're, we're not a, a couple arms doing completely different things. Yeah. Like, we're... We're rowing in one direction. It's very clear one direction. That's right. We're trying to get better at that part. Well, and the reality is, too, uh, developing 3X people, it's not easy. No. Being a 3X person, not easy. So if you want easy, this is not the place. It's just not. But me, fuck easy. That sucks. I feel bad for the people that are, yeah, I'm just going to take it easy, man. Because there's just no, 
there's no contribution at that point. There's mm-hmm. no value. You're not pushing yourself as a human being. You're not living up to your full potential. That was a crazy thing too about, I was listening to Ed Milet talk. He said one of the biggest, that one of the saddest things he sees is that is parents not living up to their full potential. Because what does that show their kids? It shows that it's okay not, not, to, not to live up to your full potential. Huh. And that was just like, that was like a lightning bolt for me. Holy shit. Because as a, as a, you know, as a human being, it is your responsibility to live up to your best, greatest, ultimate potential. Because then everybody around you sees that and it levels everybody up around you. That's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. And especially your kids, you know, he says lessons are, are not taught, they're caught, which is completely true. At least how I learned from my parents was I didn't really listen. I just watched. And now I can see myself as an adult. I'm like, yeah, I learned that by watching. I didn't learn that by doing, by them telling me it. Um, so I think that's what we have. Uh, we have the opportunity here to, to, to maximize everybody's true potential, but at the same time, it's not easy. And most people don't do it because it's hard, because it requires a lot of effort, because it requires sacrifices, because mm-hmm. it requires doing things that most everybody else in society is not willing to do. But we're trying to go reform an industry. So by definition, we're going to have to do things that other people are not willing to do. And that's why the opportunity is so big. That's why the opportunity is so yeah. massive. It would be just, oh, yeah, no, this will be this fun little company. Because if someone else had already done it or if it was already being done by a bunch of people, okay, there's not a huge need for us. Yeah. But there's a huge need. We're the ones to fill it. But we're going to need to act accordingly to be the ones to, to be in that. We're going to need to deserve it. We're going to need to earn our way there. Mm-hmm. And it's going to require a lot. So, um, I mean, over the past six months, it's been tough for me going through this process. But at the same time, it's like, supposed to be tough it's supposed to be hard it's not supposed to be fun a lot of times we can have fun as a group we can have lighten up we can do some great great things but at the same time we're also going to have some shitty conversations we're also going to make ourselves uncomfortable we're also going to push one another way beyond where we've been pushed before and that's part of the process to paraphrase something you said maybe a month ago like we're going out there to to do extraordinary things and that's going to require us to do extraordinary things yeah and to me that that is a great representation of the not only the importance of developing 3x people and really focusing on that but like like you said being really upfront and clear that's hard mm-hmm. that takes real effort that most people aren't willing to put out there that's it and and we're getting to a point where i tr- truly believe in everybody within this organization mm-hmm. truly 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 and i really really deeply believe every can everybody can be a 3x person what's that 3x person someone living up to their true potential it doesn't mean they're They've arrived. They're all that they can be, but they're they're on the path to all that they can be. And I, but but that's not for everybody. And and it's not going to be for maybe even some people listening to this. Maybe that's a lot, man. I, I don't know if I want to be doing that. And that's OK. But we need to figure that out yeah. because it's been it's been fun. It's been hard, but it's only getting. Harder and more fun. Yeah, <laughs> it will be both those things. Even more so yeah. next year yeah. and the year after. And, and, and it might get harder before it gets more fun, uh-huh. too. And so we need the people that are, yeah, I am on board to push myself, to go beyond where I've ever been before, to do great things, because that's what I am capable of and destined to do. Great. We need those people. And we need to go see what those people can do. And when we really effectively do that, some amazing things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
amazing things. And yeah, it's been fun over the past six months, but the reality is we're spending investment money. We're not spending our own money to do this. It's going to be a hell of a lot cooler when it's our damn money, when we are insanely profitable, when we do have as much money as we need to go do things like, you know, have amazing company meetings and give people ridiculous benefits and have a full-time therapist on staff and go build a camp. We can do some crazy cool things, pay people a hell of a lot better than they're being paid right now. I get it. We're not top of top tier from a, a pay standpoint, but why can't we be there? And you get there by earning it. Yeah. Man, I really care for our team, dude. Yeah, I, I, I just am fired up for our people and the people we've got here. Um, I really care well, for yeah. them, but at the same time, it's my opportunity, my responsibility to create the opportunity. But we need everybody to, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Let's go do it. And everybody, I think, is is there. Well, we've that, intentionally made sure that those people are yeah, into that. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's only, I think, going to get harder before it gets easier. Mm-hmm. And that's just where the whole market is headed right now, too. I think the whole country is headed for a harder time. Yeah. But, It'll get harder before it gets more fun. Yeah. But that's where that's where the real value is created in hard times. Yeah. When everybody's just fat, dumb, and happy, there's not a lot of value being created. <laughs> well said. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Clay and Pat, thanks for the questions, fellas. Uh, if you've got questions, again, <clears throat> you can send them to me at alex at buildwith.com. You can Slack me a message. You can just say it out loud to me. I'll probably forget it, but I'll probably write it down from then. So we'll be good. Or you can send in questions. Uh, there is a form on the BuildWhip employee portal. I love all these questions. Keep them coming. Super. Well, thanks to the questions, everybody. Um, yeah, again, I just I don't feel very good about how I wasn't very refined today. Well, my brain feels a little. The like second tier of Pat's question is like, Pretty Weird. complicated when we started talking just about like our team's safety. Yeah. And then Clay asked what val what core values, which we give a shit about. Yes. He asked which ones are we doing well and which ones are we not good enough in. Like of yeah. course that's not gonna be super refined. Yeah, I would have it's heavy stuff. I think I could have thought for a day about both of those. Yeah. And okay, Alex, I'm ready to answer your question. We could do a podcast but- about just each question individually. Yeah. yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, but but great questions. Yeah. So unrefined, off the cuff, take it with a grain of salt. Thanks for listening, everybody. Send your question to Alex, and we will see you on the next episode. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.